Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Straight ahead on the Insiders, she admits that she is still looking for that viral moment to break out in this 2020 Democratic presidential race. But while she waits, Minnesota's Senator Amy Klobuchar sits down with us. She'll talk about how and why she thinks reversing decades of shrinking population in rural America is actually possible. Plus, how Iowa Congressman Steve King's remarks about rape and incest that brought widespread bipartisan condemnation will actually live on for a while and could end up in your email. And in the Insider's Quick Six, what emerged as we asked tens of thousands of people to drop a piece of corn in their favorite candidate's jar at the Iowa State Fair. Welcome to the Insiders. For the past week and a half, we've had a lot of chances to sit down with a lot of the people running for president. Important questions to ask, no doubt. But we start with Minnesota Senator Amy Klobuchar to try to test her to see just how much she really wants to win next February's Iowa caucuses. Senator, thanks for the time. Well, thank you. It's great to be here. You found a cool spot at the uh, fair. Uh, at least temporarily. <laughs> You're one of the few people that I can ask this in a serious way, but Minnesota State Fair, Iowa State Fair? Oh, you! I want to win Iowa, okay? So I'll just <laughs> I say see how badly. they are different. This fair has more space in a way. You know, it's kind of a broad... Like you can really spread out, which I really like, some windy green places. Minnesota State Fair maybe has a few more people, but I love the butter carving of the cow and the TV. A little kid asked me if the TV came out of the butter, <laughs> and I go, no, I think they put the butter around the TV. Um, and I, I really loved um, how beautifully done that cow was. Now, we do have the Princess K of the Milky Way right. carved in butter bus in a revolving refrigerator. It's in a class of its own. Uh, but I so love state fairs, and Iowa and Minnesota has a lot more in common than apart, and that is that you get people from metro areas like Des Moines mixing in with people from the rural areas, and I think it's really important for policy, politics, that people realize from the urban areas that uh, food just doesn't magically end up on their plate, and they get to see the you know world's largest pumpkin and things like that. That is a really important part of this. Uh, speaking of that, last week I was with you when you were on a farm just kind of on the outskirts of Ankeny and you were specifically talking about your ideas for the rural parts of our state and for our country. How do you, I'm not, I'm not familiar enough with Minnesota once you started getting outside the Twin Cities and elsewhere, but two-thirds of our state, the counties are shrinking and have been this decade. Is there really a realistic way to expect that to reverse or do we just slow that? You know, I would think it could reverse and that's because the cost of living is less in rural America. Kids that grow up in rural America should be able to live there. So how do you do it? Well, first of all, you make sure internet works everywhere. 
um, and that there's not even any. We've struggled you know, like crazy to make that happen I, here. Yeah, but it works in Iceland where they have you know volcanoes. So I think we should be able to do that. And I believe I've looked at this, served on the Commerce Committee. You can get this done by 2022. And do so we have to be, incent the, the private? You put or how some do you money it? into it, and I show how I'm going to pay for it. But you, I mean, you make sure the money's going to phone companies that are actually delivering it as opposed to just parking it somewhere because there are smaller phone companies that have been doing a better job actually of getting it out there. So you have to do that. Uh, then you have to make sure you've got the services and incentives for businesses to go to rural areas. But it's like a chicken and egg because you have to have both the incentives for people to go there and then you wanna make sure you've got the housing and the childcare and things like that. But I think with a president that has had a major focus on rural, I've been on the senior member of the Ag Committee now, through three farm bills. So it's not just I got a bunch of words on a policy paper, I have done it. And you gotta look at how people have used their power in Washington. I have used mine in a big way on rural issues from biofuels with Senator Grassley uh, to doing work on keeping our rural hospitals strong uh, to making sure that we've got education systems at work. So many of our counties, of course, were agricultural based years back and it just takes a fraction of people to operate those farms than it once did. And that's where we see a lot of the population shifts as Des Moines has really gained and others haven't. So how do you how do you replace the jobs that have moved away? I think that you look at, first of all, you wanna make sure small farms can remain and you don't want to lose more of them and you wanna encourage uh, young farmers and ranchers. But I think also manufacturing and other kinds of jobs, internet related jobs, um, you've seen some of your towns, while they've lost some manufacturing, they've gained some manufacturing. There's new kinds of manufacturing, robotic manufacturing, so I would put that out there. And then, of course, service industry, things like that. You just have to keep looking for the next big thing. And that's one of my problems with this president. Yeah, our economy is stable, unemployment's low, but you don't rest on the laurels of your workers and businesses that got us out of the downturn. You look at what are the challenges. One of the challenges is rural America this trade war, what's happening. One of the challenges is um, workforce training. Another one is immigration reform, climate change, infrastructure. And I don't see him meeting those challenges. And Americans don't just rest on their laurels. They keep moving forward. They keep moving ahead. You talk frequently about representing this area in the Midwest and having that voice heard nationally. So what has been missing? Well, I think a lot of people in metropolitan areas don't always see uh, that we've got childcare issues and housing issues and you have in a rural huge America. One in your home state, yes, we area. do. We have a big metro, but then we're fourth in the country for ag. Sure. Um, and you think about the uh, number of the congressional districts, at least well, three of them have significant rural areas. Uh, and I have paid attention to them. I have gone to every county, I have won them every single time. And you don't do that by winning just Democrats, it's because I've won their trust. Uh, and you do that by getting things done for them. And that's what I think we need in the White House. We need someone that's gonna bridge that divide and bring people with them. So I just ask Iowans to look at my record and see what I've done. I've passed over 100 bills. Um, and maybe that'll give me my viral moment at some point. But uh, we have a strong operation. I've made the fall debates uh, and we're ready to go. So many Democratic activists truly dislike President Trump. So if I called you, you're not a yeller and a screamer and a name caller and all that stuff like perhaps some other ones are. Can a pragmatist 
Ah, uh, yes, um, and a proven progressive the, who gets things done. Yes. But you know what I mean? I mean, because you're not a yeller and a screamer, for those who are just so, so mad, how do you harness them to get behind you? Yeah, well, um, I think that we want someone very different than Donald Trump. And they are so mad for a good reason, and that's because he hasn't kept his promises to people, and he divides people and says mean things about people. They don't want their kids watching him on TV. So I ask them to look at me because I am that different. I am that voice, and I am someone that's going to bring people together. Um, and I also want them to look at me because I can win, and that is the number one focus. And you look at my track record, every race, every place, every time, the reddest of congressional districts, the suburban districts, um, and I really think that some, we have some amazing candidates out there with good ideas, but I think we want someone tested who's been able to win with rural and exurban and suburban voters. All right. Well, we also talked to Harris, Bennett, Booker, Castro, Bullock, Gillibrand, Yang, Weld, and Buttigieg since the State Fair, State Fair began. You can watch those conversations at WHOTV.com. All right. When we come back, the man who's supposed to stay neutral in this 2020 race, but Iowans want to make sure that he is in favor of the caucuses. Democratic National Committee Chair Tom Perez will join us on what he thinks of the virtual caucus next year. Not sure about a payphone, but for the first time next year, Democrats can dial in to take part in the Iowa caucuses. So you can teleconference, online virtual conference, and maybe even some other secure method so that you can take part in the Iowa Democratic Party's first ever virtual caucus next year. For the five nights leading up to the February 3rd, 2020 caucuses, and then caucus night itself, Democrats will let Iowans caucus without showing up in person to a traditional caucus site. Now, there's still questions about how they're going to make sure this is secure, but the party's hoping that this idea will allow more people to take part in the caucuses, especially those who can't travel to a caucus site for whatever reason. I sat down with Democratic National Chair Tom Perez to find out how confident he is in this new system, and then later, whether he's even a fan of the caucuses themselves. Chairman Perez, welcome to the fair. Oh, it's great to be here. Thank you. Uh, all right, let's talk about a couple of things. Uh, obviously, we've got all these candidates here kind of looking ahead to the February caucuses. From your position, uh, you've watched what our party is doing with these new virtual caucuses to try to get more right. people involved here. Where are you on this? Are you good with the way they're setting it up? Yeah, they've been working vigilantly. I'm a big fan of Troy Price and the team he has in place. We're working very uh, closely with them. on. For instance, the issue of cybersecurity, making sure that the virtual caucus comes off um, without a hitch. And what I like about what they're doing, and it's so important, our, our North Stars, we want to enhance participation. And we want to make sure that if for some reason you can't participate, uh, that you can nonetheless vote. Uh, and I think, it's, I, think, I think we'll make it work. I know we've got some more work to do, but I'm confident it'll work. Um. Is it safe to say that you've had some reservations about how caucuses work in general? I mean, they're a unique beast, obviously. Well, I want to make sure that as many people participate, you know, eligible voters participate as possible. That's our North Star. We want to make sure, I mean, if you, uh, you know, if you are a shift worker and the only time you can go is, you know, that night and you've got to make a choice between punching out and, uh, and not, that's just not fair to shift workers. So we're trying to make that uh, adjustment so that it's a little bit more fair. And I, I think what they're doing here 
uh, in Iowa is, is very responsive to that. And what will end up happening is more people will participate. That's good for our democracy when more people participate. And are you committed to keeping us first? For the duration well, here. I'm only the DNC chair once, you know, but uh, we did, never had a conversation about moving to Iowa. Also looking forward here, what, you obviously worked under Barack Obama. Um, he clearly had a tremendous success in this state starting in 2008, but the last decade we've really seen Democrats lose a lot of that grip and support out in the rural parts of our state, and rural Iowa geographically is the biggest part of, biggest part yeah. of our state. Where, how are you going to, as a party, get that reconnection, yeah. and wh where did it go? Well, we, we have to show up everywhere. We have to be in every zip code party, and I campaigned for DNC chair on that platform, and that's exactly what we did everywhere. We, we invested more than ever before in Iowa in the 2018 cycle. We're proud to work closely with uh, Troy and the team, and we had results. I mean, you, you know, we won three out of the four uh, congressional races. We almost won the governor's race. We have more to do. And our rural agenda is very clear. We want to make sure that you have access to health care. If you have a pre-existing condition, whether you're in rural Iowa, urban Iowa, or anywhere in Iowa, uh, you need to be able to keep your health care. Democrats are fighting to make sure you can keep your insurance. Republicans are fighting to take it away. These tariffs have been killer on, on farmers. And if I'm a soybean farmer, I was already taking it on the chin and the last week has made it worse. This is, this is an absolutely unforced error by this president. He doesn't have a plan. Or to put it differently, I don't think chaos is a plan. And so we see farmers all over the country. I was in Wisconsin recently, dairy farmers, other farmers taking it on the chin there, taking it on the chin here. And we're gonna go talk to farmers and tell them that we have their back and show them exactly how. And when we show up and organize, and, and speak to the issues that people care about, I think we can um, hold our own in rural America. In this state, we have, uh, similar probably to a lot of states right now, our unemployment rate is at historically low levels, and that is the message that our governor talks about a lot when the president comes here, he talks about that as well. What is your party's message specifically on where you would take financial matters going forward for families. Well, we want to make sure that one good job is enough because I meet so many Iowans who have to work multiple jobs to make ends meet. If you don't have health care security, you don't have economic security. If you don't have health care security, you can't sleep at night. Uh, the most uh, common cause or one of the most common causes of bankruptcy is a health care incident. You know, there, there are literally uh, you know, tens of thousands of Iowans who don't know how to pay for a $500 car repair. They're living on the edge. And meanwhile, we had this massive tax cut for wealthy people that, and, well, and corporations that didn't need it. And so what we're talking about as Democrats is shared prosperity, making sure that working Iowans have a fair shake, making sure that if you work a full-time job, you can feed your family and live with dignity. That's the, the, the inequality that we see here in Iowa and across America is the, I think, one of the most important issues of our time, and it's getting worse under this president's watch, and that's what we're fighting for. We're fighting for an Iowa that works for everyone, not just a few at the top. Thanks for sweating in the sun with us. Appreciate it. All right, straight ahead. Iowa Congressman Steve King will help other Republicans and Democrats raise some money because of something he said when he was trying to show his commitment to protecting babies. We'll talk about that next.
Reporters were chasing around Iowa Congressman Steve King to try to get him to talk more about the aftermath of those comments he made about incest and rape. Republicans running for Congress, Democrats running for Congress, top Republicans in Congress, Democratic activists, Republican activists, they've all ripped King for what he said to a group of Republicans at the Westside Conservatives Club gathering in Urbandale. This is what he had said. What if we went back through all the family trees and just pulled those people out that were products of rape and incest? Would there be any population of the world left if we did that? Considering all the wars and all the rape and pillage that's taken place and whatever happened in culture after society, I know I can't certify that they're not part of a product of that. So the outrage came from all over the place here. Now here's another thing that will as well, fundraising appeals. King's Republican challenger, Randy Feenster, hopes to raise money off this. So does his Democratic challenger, J.D. Shulton. Some of the Democratic presidential candidates are pushing people to donate to Shulton because of King's comments. And King, the day after he said, that, said these things, sent out a fundraising email pitch of his own. Now when King has been in a position like this, facing criticism like he is right now, he claims that opponents, the establishment, and the media have twisted what he says, and then at the end of the day, all he was really trying to do was protect life. As we've seen here, he's also helping his critics raise money off some of the controversy that he creates. We come back, the challenge of remembering, spelling, and pronouncing all of those people running for president. So we have a little fun trying to do it. We get it. It can be confusing in our cast your kernel booth at the State Fair, trying to figure out which candidate deserves your kernel of support when you really can't keep track because there are just so many in there. Cast your kernel here. Candidates, candidates, a bushel of candidates. There's so many you don't really know yet. 26 choices in our cast your kernel presidential poll. Obviously, it can be tough to know who is who, but tougher still to say their names. But, but, but a Joe or whatever, I don't know. Much less spell them. Now, Republicans, they're easy. President Donald Trump and former Massachusetts Governor Bill Weld. You say them just like they're spelled. And some well-known Democrats, they're easy too. You know the former Vice President Joe Biden. No problem with his name. Now, you might not remember whether Vermont's senator is still an independent or a Democrat, but Bernie Sanders' name shouldn't give you trouble. There's New York entrepreneur Andrew Yang. Tom Strayer, whatever his name is. It's actually Tom Steyer. Join us. That California billionaire running all those impeached Trump ads. Now, some others. You might not have any idea who they are, but their names aren't really that difficult. This Ohio congressman is simply Tim Ryan. This one from Massachusetts, Seth Moulton. Now the one from Pennsylvania might be Joe Who to you. Sestak? I don't know. But he pronounces it Sestak. And Wayne Who, he's Messam, a mayor from near Miami, Florida. Since school's about to go back in session for the year, let's do a little spelling lesson. Washington's governor has two E's at the end of Jay Inslee. Steve, Montana's governor, he uses CK at the end of Bullock. Gabbard, Gabbard, Gabbard. Hawaii's congresswoman pronounces it Gabbard, and her first name is Tulsi, with an I at the end. Remember that best-selling author in the race, Williamson? Well, she spells Marianne as just one word. 
Remember, there's a Z, not an S, in Elizabeth from the Massachusetts senator. There's no E in Corey for New Jersey Senator Booker, and just one T in Bennett for Colorado's senator. Speaking of Colorado, Hicken. Hickenlooper. Hickenlooper. Colorado's former governor, Hickenlooper, has an H in his first name of John. So does Maryland's former congressman, Delaney. Now the rest, well, the potential problems can pile up faster than our corn kernels. Kabusker. Oh my. Minnesota's senator is Amy Klobuchar. New York City's mayor is Bill de Blasio, not de Blasio. Julian. It's Julian Castro, Texas's former U.S. HUD secretary, and another Texan, the former congressman. That's not a long E. You're correct. It's Beto O'Rourke, not Beto. New York Senator? Gilbrand. She's actually Kirsten Gillibrand. Now the final two. Kamala Harris, yeah, okay. They might be the most mispronounced of all of them. California Senator is Kamala, like comma. I go to Mayor Pete for Pete. <laughs> and South Bend, Indiana's mayor? Buttigieg, jig. I'm close. Sorry, ma'am, you aren't. It's Pete Buttigieg. But long, I know this is gonna be a joke. Budding. Boot edge edge. Again, boot edge edge. Boot edge edge. Still in the race, but now we know that Hick and Looper no longer is. All right, when we come back, what we learn from your kernels at the fair. Tens of thousands of people cast their kernel at our booth at the Iowa State Fair this year. Here's what stuck out to me. One, former VP Joe Biden is ahead in our contest, but not by a lot. Obviously, we're talking about only corn here, but it does look like this could be a competitive race, according to the kernels in our state. Two, there are some clear tiers we're talking about. Biden, Buttigieg, Warren, and Harris are in our upper kernel tier. Three, Bernie Sanders, he's only in the single digits for us. Maybe it just means his supporters don't go to the fair, or maybe it shows that he's lost some of that appeal that he had in 2016 remains to be seen. Four, Republican President Donald Trump has been trouncing his competition here. He's getting somewhere around 97% of the Republican vote here versus just 3% for former Massachusetts Governor Bill Weld. Weld really, really, really has a ways to go to show that he could be competitive in this state. Five, the conversations we have had when so many Iowans who have stopped by our booth, that'll be invaluable to help us understand what people are thinking so thanks to you for doing that finally a prediction here the number of total votes cast for democrats is pretty close to the total cast for republicans really really unusual for us only one time that i can remember back in 2008 the democrat barack obama actually won our colonel poll when he beat republican john mccain of course then he went on to win the race here as it turns out usually from what we see in the fair our fairgoers tend to skew republican as we see a lot of visitors coming in from the rural areas outside of des moines so we usually skew to the right here we're obviously only talking about corn here so we're not saying that trump is doomed or anything but it is interesting that these overall numbers we're so close. We'll see you next time for the Insiders.